Hello and welcome to the Comics Pals Book Club. Hi, I was, there was no countdown there. Uh, I, knew, I, knew, I knew Sean was ready. Yeah, uh, jumping right into ready. it. But uh, uh, so speaking of, uh, this is the book club. <laughs> uh, I'm here with Sean. Sean, hello. Hello, hello. Uh, I'm here with uh, Kale. Oh, what's up, hot dogs? And uh, Marco. What's up? You ever say polo when people say your name? No, I got that as a kid, and yeah, I'm yeah, I desensitized yeah. to it. Yeah, I got Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen references. Like, oh, what are your sisters doing? I'm like, I don't, I don't have sisters. Shut up. Spelled differently. Uh, but hi, welcome to the Comics Pals Book Club. This book club, this uh, this spooky <coughs> October, is uh, yes. none other than probably one of the spookiest, if not the spookiest, of the big two event comics. This month we're tackling Blackest Night. Uh, this is uh, an event, event book by Jeff Johns, uh, art by Ivan Rice, uh, inks by uh, Eau Claire Albert with additional inks uh, by Rob Hunter, Julio Ferreira, Joe Prado, and colorist Alex Sinclair. Letters by uh, Nick Napolitano as well. Um, so this, this book was voted on by the patrons. Um, so at uh, patreon.com if you guys want to support us there. Um, every month, you'll get a, a vote of at least three different books to uh, decide on. And, and depending on who's, who's, uh, whose pick wins, then uh, the person hosts the show. So my pick was Blackest Night because this holds a, a, a dear soft spot in my fleshy, gargling heart. Um, and uh, I'm glad you guys, you guys decided to pick that with me. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's uh, let's get into this book. Let's get into this book. Um, first thing I like to ask whenever we do any kind of uh, any kind of book club is, what what is your guys' history with Blackest Night? Um, Marco, I'm curious about yours. Come on. Well, hold on. Let's not assume, Sean. Yeah, when do you assume? Excuse me. Um, so I only know this because, uh, there was a time in my life where I was collecting or trying to collect every single Swamp Thing issue that has the character. And so I've huh. read portions of Brightest Day yep. because he was in that as the avatar for it, or like he was one of the lanterns that had it, which led into New 52 stuff. So I've only seen the fallout and only in the context of the search for the Swamp Thing Brightest Day with Constantine and I think... <laughs> phantom stranger uh so that's all i know about it i know people die i know people got resurrected and somehow there was a green uh, the green lanterns were somehow involved first time reading this event though okay all right um uh, kale i'm curious what, what your history is with this so with blackest night uh this is actually the first time i read the full thing what <clears throat> um I, I have a funny story, actually. So there's a lot of background to this. So um, Jeff Johns is my OG. I've been reading Jeff Johns' Green Lantern since uh, Green Lantern Rebirth. I remember picking that up day one and being amazed. Um, so that, I, that carried me through the Sinestro Corps War. That carried me through... Uh, the yeah, everything else, Rage of the Red Lanterns and stuff like that. Yeah, <clears throat> all of it. 
none of which I clearly remember. <laughs> in high school, there was a store called Hastings, and they would, you know, they had chairs and stuff. They would let you, um, well, they would let you read, you know, books in the chairs or whatever. So I would take my weekly comics and I would just sit and read them. I didn't know any better. Did you buy them? No. Oh, I did buy. I did. I didn't know. I didn't know. I did buy, you know, trades and other stuff. You know, I was, I was facilitating, you know, just not those. Um, But I, uh, I moved uh, in college up to Fargo, North Dakota, just as uh, Blackest Night was starting. Wait, Kel, is that Fargo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and so I went to the comic shop again. Like I said, I didn't know any better. I didn't know this was a thing other people didn't do. I would take a stack of comic books and I would go and I would sit. They had like a little gaming space. It wasn't, you know, the, my nice comfortable chairs at Hastings. And I would read them. And uh, so I did this for a while. And then the owner came up to me and he was like, Hey, we, uh, we got one, we got a book damaged and we know you come back here. Uh, we can't say it wasn't you, so we can't really let you do this anymore. And, uh, I never went back. I, I didn't do it. I didn't damage the book, but I was like, well, if I can't sit and read them, I'm not gonna, again, I didn't know. I didn't know, but this was right when Blackest Night started. Wait, so did you read like the beginning of Blackest Night and then get cut off at the shop for mooching off of them? Sure did. Yep. <laughs> shame. Nice. Poor shame, sir. Uh, Sean. Yeah. So at this time, uh, slightly before this, I I decided to pick up Green Lantern. I had heard all the amazing things, and I was like, you know what? Let me try this out. Um, and so I read. I picked up the Sinestro Core War, um, but I had no context for it outside of just what was in it. And then I started reading the individual issues, but that was just like like a few issues before Blackest Night started, pretty much. I probably started because the event was announced. Like knowing mm. me at the time, that's probably what happened. <clears throat> um, yeah. And so because of that, I had built up you know some excitement for it. And uh, I remember, I remember being into it, but not as into it as I wanted to be. And I think part of that was because it didn't focus on um, Superman and Wonder Woman. And the biggest reason is because at the time, and this is probably what's what spurred me on to read this, was the fact that I was big on Morrison's Batman, and they had alluded to over time that we would see uh, Bruce Wayne return in Blackest Night. But if you were reading Batman at the time, you knew that that couldn't be possible. So I had a lot of questions about that. Um, and they weren't answered here. Well, I guess they sort of answered that he that Bruce wasn't dead, but we already knew that. So I was frustrated by that fact as well. And I think that dampened my ability to enjoy it the first time that I read this. Um, I do want to say, though, that my opinion has radically changed. 
I um, I'm kind of in the same boat as uh, probably in the same boat as Kale and Kale and Sean. I had been reading Green Lantern for years up until this. I think it was uh, it might have been like just as Sinestro Core War was like being built up. Um, but I was reading every Green Lantern book. It was like that was most it was it was Green Lantern and Batman. That's the only DC stuff I bought. It was Green Lantern Corps, it was Green Lantern, any kind of one shot. There was like a Larflees one shot I got. There was like a Larflees Christmas special. Um I think Red Lanterns, uh that's actually post New Fifty Two at Red Lanterns was the book. But like I was picking up anything with Lantern in it. It was my jam a hundred percent. Um and then uh once this was announced, and this was this was not too long after Final Crisis. Where, where Batman was quote unquote killed. Um, and in between that, uh, uh, the Flash rebirth happened. Yep. So simultaneously, Jeff Johns was reinventing Flash in the same way that he did for, for Green Lantern, or at least um, attempting to. I think that got, you know, hamstringed because of the new 52. Yeah. But. Yep. Um, that wasn't the case, and we didn't know that was happening at, at the time this book was coming out. Um, the the marketing for this was back when comic book marketing was good. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. There was – well, A, you would have to go to your shop, uh, and depending on which books you would get, you would get a different ring. I remember that that was a thing. It was like That's cool. if you bought like these kinds of books this week, you get a ring, and it would be a blue ring that week. Next week, you'd yep. be like, oh, if you bought these kind, these like four or five books – you could get an indigo ring. So, like, I was getting shit just to get the rings at a certain point. At a certain That's point, cool. though, my, my comic book shop guy was like, hey, I know you want these rings. I put one aside for you. It's fine. Um, nice. But it was cool, man. And it was dumb. It was, like, dumb, good comic book shit. And I'd be in high school, yep. like, you know, uh, trying not to get bullied because I had a, you know, a, a yellow lantern ring in my pocket, you know. But, like, under my desk, you know, I was wearing that shit. <laughs> I uh jeez, oh, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I asked a girl to prom wearing the no! Green Lantern ring. Oh my uh, god. Yes, and, <laughs> and to like and to like keep myself like not being nervous. I was saying power. the oath under my breath. Yeah. Oh, that's so wholesome though. How did, did it work out? Was prom okay? Uh I didn't go with her. Uh, but she was very touched and she, she, she said for years after she was like, I should have gone with you. Oh, yeah. well, okay. You and then, and, and you respond, uh, I'm a married man. Excuse me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did that even when I asked her. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, married I remember like the, the, the of this was, was great. It was like right around. So this is like what? 2000, June, 2009 and May, 2010. Yeah. Um, yeah. was this simultaneous to, um, Secret Invasion. I'm trying to see when Secret Invasion was. Uh, I think it might January have been right 2009. After. So it's a year, a year after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I felt like the big two kind of did that. They had alternating years for their big events um, in a weird, a weird way because I never really see them crossing over. Um, they had they 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 ran events at the same time. Not big. Well, like, I don't think anything was running running during Final Crisis for Marvel, and nothing was running big for DC during like Secret Invasion. I think I feel like they were on big event alternating schedules, which honestly, as a fucking reader at the time, fucking godsend. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Yeah, so so Blackest Night was going on, and it was like one of these books where like I was telling my friends like, "Yo, you got to read Green Lantern. It's fantastic." Like, this is when word of mouth was also great because social media uh, kind of in its infancy. Like how I learned about comics, and it was talking to my friends in school, talking to my friends outside of school, talking to people on MySpace. You know, like I think um, I think I even had like a Green Lantern profile picture on my MySpace account. Man, I'm fucking dating myself hard here. <laughs> um, but I was big into this, and this this felt like kind of a culmination of what Jeff Johns was working on with the entire creation of the Green Lantern Corps and all of yep. the characters that he created there. And then this is that be, that that was kind of always off on its own little island in a way, doing its own thing in space. And this is like, hey, I'm taking all that shit I've been working on, and now I'm smashing it into the DC universe. We're going to Earth. Everyone's going to be involved here. Um, and also kind of tied into his stuff what he was doing with Flash. So I was super excited for this. Um, and I remember loving it when it was out. And I got to say, after rereading it, it still, it still, it still does it for me. I still really enjoyed it. Um, mm. I think leading up to the book club, you guys hyped it up a little bit for me, and I kind of went in with sure. that excitement initially, and it was good. Don't get me wrong, and and we'll get into it. Um, but there were there were parts of the, I think narrative that felt accelerated, and it's probably just because you know you had to kind of get the the point across with. The, to ultimately lead up to the White Lanterns. And I think for me, the last issue in particular suffered quite a bit from pacing because everything just felt, the, the last two I'd say, just felt like it cleans up and wraps up way too nice. And um, I'm assuming there's stuff that, there are repercussions after that, but uh, for- You read it, it was brightest day, like essentially. Well, I read the John the search for swamp thing brightest day. So there's there's a bit of a difference God, there. God, okay, you didn't read brightest day proper. Okay, and weekly um, comic book event that had fifty two issues. Yeah, the and so I can only imagine that it it felt like they were trying to wrap it up to get to that next event, and that that feeling came through as I finished the last two issues. Where um, so that felt a little dissonant for me. Otherwise. The, I enjoyed a, quite a bit of this. The The writing was on point. Didn't remind me quite as much of like JSA, which is where I, uh, when, when Cam introduced me to Jeff Johns initially, like that was, I love that stuff. That, that those character dynamics and like handling a large cast. I think Johns does a really good job here as well. Um, but it's just the way he kind of ended it. I think it was a bit too abrupt for, for me to, to like fully feel like he landed the plane. Okay. Sean, what's your what are your general opinions on this? So I think, well, first of all, I want to say if you can hear this, uh, there is an interview that we did with Jeff Johns. It's out right now. And so if you want to hear us talk to him about this uh, to some degree and many other things, uh, go ahead and check that out. You can pause this and go check it out. You can listen to that after this, but uh, I think you'll find it insightful. Um, that aside, I do think that this is a high quality DC event. Um, this comes off the heels of final crisis, which was my first DC event. And I couldn't find my way into it. <laughs> I was to be a lot more accessible. Yeah, um, that is, final crisis is not the golden books of uh, comic book events. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's very tough. Even now when I've read it, uh, it's a difficult one to get, to get through, but um, this was a lot easier uh, it has a similarly massive cast. 
but it feels and you can tell from did you all read the zero issue or uh yeah yeah i think so yeah okay. it's in the trade. you can tell yeah. from the very beginning from the zero issue that johns has something to say and it's not just um in reflection of like real life and how human beings deal with death it's death within the context of the dc universe and also death post barry allen which if i'm saying something that's incorrect you know let me know doesn't that represent like the ending of the golden era or the ending of the silver era something like that right uh Barry Allen's death was yeah. the end of the Silver Age, I believe. Yeah, thank you. Right, yeah. and so that once we got once we got past that, that's when you know we started to see a lot more characters dying. The stories got a lot more serious uh, and stuff like that. So I feel like this event is pseudo acting as a closing of that chapter of mm-hmm. DC Comics, and I think it's really cool to now as someone who's been reading comics for so long, be able to see that. Whereas at the time I couldn't see that. And so that's another layer of, of, of story that's present that enhanced it for me this time around. Like I was able to pick up on all that stuff and I was like, Oh shit. Barry missed 20 years of death. And before his death, there were how many deaths? Probably like none. So for him, this is insane. Just like if you were a fan and you were gone that whole time and you came back and you saw how different things were and how everybody's dead, that's wild. So I really appreciated that aspect. Um, And I love the character moments. This feels like that good, good DC, that good, good comics writing. When you get those characters, the first two issues have almost no violence. Like they're not really about it. It's just... Flash and Green Lantern talking, Barbara mm. and Jim talking, and they're great conversations, and they give you insight into who these characters are and why they're the focal point as it relates to what the theme of this story is. This is classic storytelling. This is how you tell stories. I will say this book was much more wordier than I remembered it being. Um, that that's mid that's mid to late two thousands. DC. Yeah. And I also think it's just it's just what I'm used to now is just not what it is anymore. Like yeah. Like now it's a lot more decompressed um where we don't see this type of writing anymore. So uh it was kind of like a time machine going back and I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that I was reading books like this at a time, you know?" Uh, but I don't think it was ever obtrusive. Uh, no, I don't it think was. it ever got in the way of the narrative or the art or any of that. There was only one point where there was like a two page, two pages where it was just almost most of the art was covered by mm. word balloons. That's the only time I noticed it, to be honest. But like I, then I then I was like, oh yeah, this book is kind of wordy, um, but not really to a detriment. It's like they're 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 there for a yeah. reason. The the what the characters saying are there, they're purposeful. They're not just quips for quips' sake. Um, mm. This is before the MCUification of some comics. Um, I, I mean, while, while we're on the structure of of the of this event, I think there was a, a large use of panels, like small panels, really either vertical or horizontal, and just like to be able to to move beats along. Um, but I like the way that they were done, and I'm trying to pull up a page. Um, probably not going to show, but uh, I, I think the yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's done well because it 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 gives you uh, an idea into like different. Come on, baby. 
it, it gives you an idea into like different ways to communicate different regions, oh, yeah. different areas in space. You can jump across to different characters that we've been following. So I think for the the actual like effective use of the uh, these multiple panels, I think they did they did a pretty good job in I order to be able to communicate what's going on. That page, that double page spread in particular, actually kind of harkens back to Christ and Infinite Earths for me. Um, oh, it feels like one of the double page spreads we would have seen there. Yeah, um, with all time. the characters reacting to, I think, Supergirl's death or Barry's death, or even the idea of you know the the panel work where Barry dies is one yeah. of the most iconic panel layouts ever. Yep. Um, so that kind of weird almost it almost felt like in a way like an inverse uh black lantern symbol uh with uh you know the black lantern symbol is typically the the diamond at the bottom with all the different lines going up top yeah yeah okay. so if it's inverse you can kind of see the panel layout going that way um hmm. there it, it it was um with i think comics nowadays try to get a little too cute with paneling um Either it's, you know, a Tom King book where it's, you know, the nine panel grid or a variation there thereof. Or a lot of books like currently they just like either screw paneling or we're going to do a lot of big open panels so the art can shine. Um, this is kind of a best of both worlds. It was like, hey, we're going to shove a lot of fucking panels in here, but also like they're going to be chock, chock full of like actual content, you know? Yeah. Do you guys think... Uh, Jeff Johns is a cinematic yes. writer. Yes. 100%. And I think it makes perfect sense because wasn't he uh, uh, Richard Donner's intern or something like that? That's right. Yeah. 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 The, f- the guy that did Superman. Oh, yeah, wow. of course. Yeah. I never 100%. read a script, so I can't, I can't yeah. fully yeah, tell. Um, you can tell when you look at... Um, to me, at least, you can tell when you look at Geiger, and you can tell when you look at Doomsday Clock. Sure, yeah, th- those I agree. Those I agree. I think here, um, and maybe this is a, a Rice decision, or uh, I don't know what the decision is, but the the there's a certain angle, like a camera shot angle, that's taken. It's like slightly below. Yeah, everything is is up from is, is coming up from below. Like any but, any double page spread, any single page spread. I mean, any, any single panel. Vertic- I, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah just, it's like I don't know is even Rice just a short guy or something and that's just how he's used to seeing things or like it it, it it's frequent which uh in my opinion like like the the I'm trying to fill, find the, the they have another one here too like the center one here it's coming from like from below up yeah that's actually a good shout he does that a lot and I also think I think it's specifically this because it's about things coming up from the ground you know these people right. rising mm-hmm. from the dead so this is especially when you see the black lanterns it's always exactly it's always that kind of angle that you see it from so. resurrection right yeah yeah um kale we didn't uh, talk about your uh, your general opinions on this so this you know like i said this was like the you know i i i, I would guess with like sean and tyler like this and and marvel at the time like this was like the meat of my reading like this was my era of dc um so reading this now was like being reminded of all that history and just the whole first being, issue i thought you're gonna say being reminded of your uh being shamed in a comic book store <laughs> yeah, well uh, believe me i yeah i relive that 
<laughs> but um, the just the, the almost the whole first issue, I sat there going, "Oh yeah, everyone was dead. Yeah, <laughs> everyone had died. Everyone had come back, uh, and like Batman was all that was left." So, like, no wonder they had to do the new 52. Like, they brought back Barry Allen. They killed Batman. There's nobody left. Barry Allen and Gwen Stacy were, like, the two you don't bring back. Uncle Ben yep. as well. And they've uh, done them both. Yeah. Uh, have they done Uncle Ben? In some ways, they have. Yeah. Um, But, I don't know. For me, I think... I, I wish I, I could have taken more time to do stuff with the the other lanterns. You know, like maybe like the the starting from like the Sinestro Core War or um uh the the War of the Lanterns and building up to Blackest Night because it didn't have the hype for me that it did way back when Mm. uh see you know seeing the the other heroes get the lantern rings and get like you know get their emotions analyzed or whatever is rad that's my type of shit uh but it it didn't have the weight that it did back then um i sorry please no no okay I, and the zombie storyline is like, eh, okay. I, I had a, I had a similar feeling um, during that moment where like the like Mara gets the the red the, the red lantern ring. Um, yeah. Uh, Lex Luthor gets the the orange the avarice. I'm like, oh, these are cool. These work. That is like thematic, but it felt like because it was going on during the event. Oh, this is just a thing that's gonna be here. And because it doesn't exist beyond that, there's not going to be more story related to it. I'm like, all right, that was neat, but I'm not like blown away by it or sold by it because the idea is great. I, I loved it. But similarly, it because it didn't have the potential for like longevity, I'm like, all right, it, you know, it's, uh, it's a Captain America picking up Thor hammers moment kind of thing to, to some degree where cool, it's nice in this, in this context. But am I going to see it again? Not really. So I'll be like, all right, that was fine. You're muted, Tyler. I was going to say, Marco, I'm kind of curious because um, you, um, the, one of the things that jumps out to me in this is that how good and quickly it brings you up to speed on everything that's going on in the DC universe, um, specifically with that zero issue, but a little bit with maybe like the first half of the first issue as well. Um, as somebody maybe not as well-versed as the rest of us in DC Comics. Do you think that was, did that, did that help, help kind of like center you on what to expect and, and where to go for this? Absolutely. Yeah, without that, I feel like I would have been more lost uh, just in general. I, I don't think there was any point where um, I felt like I didn't know what was going on. All the context was provided to me. I understood the stakes. I understood where these individual uh, lanterns, where these individual corpses were coming from, like all that context. And it felt like a lot of context. But when you got into the meat and you started to see things play out, 
with the indigo and with the blue and, and all that stuff, it, it all just made contextual sense because the story helped to provide that in context in real time. And it was better than like a zero issue just giving you like, I don't know, uh, it'd be better than like the X pages right now where like it just gives you a whole bunch of like data dump or whatever. Like this was oh, it's happening in story. This is how these characters relate. And you did get a few of those data dumpy uh, moments where they're trying to like remind people of what happened or in the in the back, like some of the back matter you have like this, this is the, the Black Lantern core. This is the Yellow Lantern core. Those are helpful for just like quick quick snapshots of understanding but to understand the context of why and what these individual characters their needs that happened in story and that that i thought was done very well cool cool because i think there is a lot involved going into this yeah and the fact that it's able to kind of really center the, the story really centers around uh the relationship between barry and and hal um, it's that, and then they're, they're both of their close relationships with the idea of death. Um, mm-hmm. so the fact that like those two and the idea of death alone has a lot of weight to it. You got to deal with parallax, you got to deal with infinite crisis, and infinite earths. Um, it gets heady quickly when you try to get into that history. So the fact that it can even center you that quickly, I think is impressive, honestly, like rereading well, this, I was like, wow, okay, that was straight to the point. It, it doesn't even feel necessarily like it's related to those to those events either. Like I'm sure there are beyond the anti-monitor popping up and maybe some call-outs here or there. It doesn't feel like it's that tied to it that I feel like, oh, I, I didn't do homework. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I, I hate that feeling in comics where, oh, something happened here that was probably happened in like the 80s or the 90s and they're building off of that, but they don't give me enough context to orient myself. This was the opposite where I think it probably skewed some of that and decided, okay, this is the story I'm trying to tell for here, and it has flavors of this, and for a more seasoned reader, it has actual ties, but for the the newcomer, the person that's coming in, to Sean's earlier point about how easily it's accessible compared to Final Crisis, this, uh, I think, very, very good job doing that. I think Johns is able to just center you into what the mat- what matters for the moment, and be able to take you on a story from there. He, he did the same thing with JSA, or I don't know these characters, I don't know the history, but they're on an adventure. This is what you need to know in context, and the rest of it plays out in the actual story. I, I think there's some relevant context that's worth pointing out about Jeff Johns, because first of all, this wasn't his first rodeo. Sure. Uh, Jeff Johns had already done Infinite Crisis, um, which was a success, and I think is looked back on very, very fondly. But it's Go ahead. You, you can tell because they keep trying to emulate it over and over and over yep. again. Yeah, it's, right. It's the crisis for DC. Yeah. But he also is a historian, a DC historian, probably as far as people that have worked at DC go, top five historian. Easy. And he was tasked with, they, they basically said, take Flash and take Green Lantern and make them relevant again. And he did that. And he not only did he reactivate lapsed fans, but he also brought a lot of new people in. And bringing new people in on Barry Allen or you know Hal Jordan, characters that were gone for very long time, that takes a lot of talent. Because how do I make people care about these people's resurrections? There are other Green Lanterns. There are other Flashes. Why is this one important? Mm-hmm. And 
that's why he's also the same writer who's capable of taking four years worth of buildup in all the Green Lantern stuff that he did, then adding every DC character to an eight issue story and making you not feel lost if you've not read anything prior to this. That's yeah. talent. Yeah, absolutely the thing, master. The other thing that like was really impressive, I feel, on this too, was it simultaneously did that where it um if you're just reading Blackest Night zero through eight, you got the whole story. But at the same time, it made me want to read the supplemental stuff. I wanted to read yep. Green Lantern Corps at the time. I wanted yep. to read I remember reading the Blackest Night Batman where it was like Dick and, and Damien. I think the there's like a cover of them like torching uh Thomas and Martha Wayne. Like they're 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 <laughs> zombies at one point. Yeah. Um, I seem to recall think, that. Yeah. Uh Tim Drake, I think, was involved in that too with his dad. He comes back. Probably. Yeah. Um where I was like it, 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 I was I was ravenous almost for all yep. the supplemental material. Which Nowadays, it's like, oh, please don't let there be supplemental material because it's going to be imp- it's going to be important for the story, and I don't want to read it. It's almost the exact opposite. Well, and the thing with Jeff Johns, like he can narrow down so much information into a single moment. Mm-hmm. Like in Green Lantern Rebirth, you know, you follow the other green lanterns as they're trying to figure out what's going on with Hal Jordan and why all of a sudden stuff around Hal Jordan is coming back, but Hal Jordan's dead and he's been the specter for, you know, something like 10 years or something. And all of a sudden he's starting to come back to life for no reason. But then in issue four, he, uh, Hal Jordan comes back and he meets Kyle and he, uh, beats Sinestro like single-handedly and like it's you're introduced to Hal in the modern context of him with just a handshake he just shakes Kyle's hand and says hi I'm Hal Jordan Mm -hmm. and that's it and you care about that and that's that's exactly what you need to know about who that character is and you're in Mm -hmm. Uh, we should talk about what happens in this book. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say. I mean, this. I was looking at the dates on this. So this came out around 2009 into early 2010. It looks like June 2009 to early 2010. So I was like, I, w- I was curious as to where this lined up with the dawn of the Walking Dead TV show because this is kind of like right during that like zombie craze. And I was curious as to like where it lined up there. But essentially what this is, is that uh, the Green Lantern Corps is a thing along with all the other spectrum of uh, Crayola box of lanterns. You got indigo, red, yellow, orange, which is just one dude, um, green and blue. That's, that's all of them, right? Did I name them all? Red as well. Um, And, this deals with the Black Lanterns, which is just like this like long prophesized uh, Lantern Corps that the the Guardians have always kind of they're like oh we fought this dude once and it's always been seeded throughout Johns's Green Lantern run and I think it was even seeded beyond that back when like the Guardians were first this is again Johns being an historian um, being seated there and this is the dawn of it this is uh, the Black Lanterns finally coming into play and it deals with Black Hand being this. 
um, D-list Green Lantern villain. He was not really important yeah. beforehand. Yep. Um, he was just some like golden age guy, like Toy Man or something that you know Green Lantern would fight. Um, this is when like Green Lantern would be actually weak against the color yellow, um, and Black Hand being this conduit for this evil entity that that kind of encompasses the Black Lantern and it sending out Black Lantern rings to revive the dead. Um, and in doing so, it really tackles the idea of death in comic books in a weird way, in a very direct way. Um, and uh, how do our heroes deal with that throughout it? Um, I was... Sean brought it up before, but uh, I think the idea of death in this is very interesting. Um, I mean, yeah, this is exactly what the book's about. It's about deaths and you know, heroes coming back and forth from it. But the idea of how we perceive comic book death as being this transient thing um, mm -hmm. that, you know, like, oh, it'll come back eventually. Also being the way our heroes and the characters in the text view it um, yeah. is something that really never came to mind until I read this. There's the moment between uh, Hawkman and Hawkgirl where you also see the concept or your introduction to the consequences of what happens when you have a comic book death. Because uh, Kendra, I believe is her name, she doesn't have memories that he does. And for the sake of the story and like their argument, it feels a little contrived. And that is what ends up spurring them to get into a whole thing. And then they get attacked by like a, a plastic man and Sue. Elongated like, man, actually. Elong oh, is yeah. that Elongated man? Okay. I'll help um, you read Identity Crisis one day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, uh, and then that, and then the way that they all related because there's history there, that... I think was really cool because you can see in two ways how comic book resurrections affect other characters in one there's this horror and terror because oh no like what what has changed what is what is going on now like how do we uh, how do we acclimate to this new character this in the same way that maybe a reader might and then there are the people who similar to Kendra are like oh but what like what happened about this stuff like somebody remembers the canon you don't remember the canon, what is real, what what should I be considering, who should I take to identify who this character is and ground myself. And I thought that I'd, I had those feelings just by getting introduced to the fact that, well, these two have history, this one's dead and now brought back to life in a more you know, graphic context. But then this one uh, with Hawkman and Kendra, they're, they're both alive, but they're having different experiences in their mind about what has happened in the past. And I thought that was a really cool way to connect this theme of death to the individual characters, because then you start to see that more and more as other characters do, as uh, to what was mentioned earlier, Barry coming back and being like, well, holy shit, all these people died. Like that has, that affects me the same way it'll affect a reader, the same way it'll affect these characters. And I think it, it personally, it was very kind of, um, eye-opening to see how like the characters were dealing with death here like like barry having to realize what happened with with sue dibney and elongated man and gene loring and like that's all through identity crisis and it's a really fucked up story um mm -hmm. and it's this character who didn't have to deal with fucked up stories because he was gone before those were really a thing having mm -hmm. to come to terms with that and having to come to terms with that death is like a, this horrible thing that happens to you that, that is going to happen to you because you're in this line of work, you're a superhero, death will follow you. 
but at the same time, it's not the end. And this weird kind of dichotomy between the two. Um, yeah. And then the the idea that, you know, Hal died as a villain, essentially, when he was first killed. Uh, Barry died as a hero. Um, and at the same time, Bruce is, Bruce is dead right now. A lot of the major uh, Justice League people are dead. Like, Martian Manhunter would have died like a year or two previously, who was like the heart of the Justice League. Um, and then coming to terms with that as like this weird kind of thing that just comes with the territory of it all. Um, and I think about that. And then I think about, you know, like uh, most recently Dark Crisis and Infinite Nerds and that, that bit with, uh, with Nightwing, how he um, he's just like, oh, yeah, people just die. You know, it was such a shrug compared to these guys actually feeling it here. Like there was there was still weight involved, even though they're also addressing the fact that people come back from the dead. Um, that yeah. it made me just realize like, oh, Dark Crisis uh, tried to do something similar and didn't really work out, um, which kind of made me appreciate how John's handled that in this uh, even more so. Well, we're seeing we're seeing the same problem in Krakoa right now where even in exterminators they make a joke about i forget i think it's jubilee who says i think i'd rather just wake up on krakoa which implies i'd rather just let myself die and wake up and who cares this is the perfect example of how to have your cake and eat it too you can say hey yeah these characters will come back but the fact that they died in the first place sucks because it it affects not just them as an immediate person but it cascades and affects everybody around them. And that's something that comics don't really deal with as much anymore. Look at how, um, uh, what's his name? Oh my God. It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, the uh, small guy who gets big. Adam, um, Adam. Adam. Thank you. Look at how he is Adam, still else there, <laughs> <laughs> but look at how he is still destroyed over what happened. Yeah. Uh, an identity crisis. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. all this loss. And it's just something that is not, handled enough these are traumatized people uh one could also say there are heroes in crisis i knew you were gonna fucking do that oh my god (laughs) but but you know they've been through hell and now it's rising to try to get them again and now it's it has the face of the people that they love and that's a way to uh make story and and add theme to your event comics. They don't this book has all the action in the world, but you feel it mm, because of yeah. what not only what issues zero and one do, but what Johns has been doing the whole time. There's there's something too about the scale of this. Like it as much as it becomes like galactic and then they bring it back home to Earth, uh the inverse is true for the amount of death. Like it's at Earth and then the, the amount of heroes who come back and villains and people associated to these characters, some of them who, like, they were just names on, like, a grave in Justice League headquarters, and mm. they just all come back. That became frightening to then realize, well, holy shit, this is the risk. And the heroes we see are but a small percentage of survivors. And that, uh, I don't know, that was bewildering for a second to like sit there and, 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 and understand the gravity of that. And I think that was the something that it was done really well as compared to Dark Crisis at the moment. You feel the weight of these deaths to Tyler's point. You see that there's all of these have died and 
that the yes the 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 big heroes yes the small heroes whereas in dark crisis you know it's just the justice league and everyone's you know flipping out about this but here what's well, it's even regular people seemingly and that that's scary to think about i mean like specifically gene loring and sue dibney are just the civilian you know significant others of superheroes is the big uh, fridge people no. oh huh. i mean technically yeah. they were fridged but they were not the original fridging even though that Gene, is recreated in this. Gene Loring became uh, Eclipso oh, she in between is. Identity Crisis and uh, and this. Totally forgot about that. I, I mean, was wondering so, why she had a costume on. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. One thing that, um, it's not a knock on this book. Um, <laughs> knock, isn't that what the Indigo Lantern say? Um, but, um, High comedy. It's <laughs> the... The fact that, like, a lot of this book, probably until, like, issue, like, seven is, like, maybe issue, like, six, is, well, let's do an issue. We're going to build up. Oh, here's another Black Lantern reveal. Look who we brought back now. Yeah. Um, mm. It is a lot of that, which I think is just, like, that's just event comics, you know, especially weekly. I ate that shit up. This was weekly? You know? uh, or or monthly, rather. You know, every oh. month when I would read the new issue. Um Seeing like I remember when that 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 scene where like the uh, the Justice League morgue for like the villains gets resurrected, mm-hmm. and when I saw Doctor Light and Alexander Luther back, I was like, oh shit! Even though they don't have any consequence to the actual story, but it's just um it, a lot of these like uh, cliffhangers are just cheap pops, which I think for an event book I will let slide, um, even though I have not been letting it slide for Dark Crisis, um, but. I think I think for this though, there's a lot of history here, especially recent history. You know uh, what you were just talking about. The first uh, I, I was just flipping through issue one. The first Black Lanterns that we see that are um, uh, just just single people that we know are Martian Manhunter and then uh, Ralph and Sue Dibney. So, like, if you've been reading, you know, up to Blackest Lantern, uh, Blackest Night, um, you know, those are going to hit you like a baseball bat. Literally, the the two hearts of the Justice League. Yeah. Evil and killing people right off the bat. Yeah. Um, So, so, you know, in comparison to Dark Crisis or whatever the hell is called, um, like... You know, they're trying to have all this history, you know, and 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 uh, work in all this history from the pre-52 era and the new 52 era and rebirth and everything. But it doesn't it doesn't all feel earned in the same way as it as it did here. You know, John's really built from the the relate the smaller relationships up. I think you guys talked about it in that review about how uh, event books no longer have these year-long buildups prior, um, and I think that I think that serves two purposes in this book. It can ground me, someone who has not been, who has not read the series in the past, and because there's so much history, those pieces interlock so well, and it's easy to kind of just summarize and lay out cleanly. But then for people who are, you reward them for that. You reward them for them sticking along, 
uh, Kale and uh, Tyler got that satisfaction. And so much so that it was going on, you know, Sean decided to backtrack in order to catch up because you could have probably read it just like that. But the history and the interpersonal connections and the time span that it covers in, in real time as a, as a, as a sequential story, uh, it, it's, it's a better told, better experienced narrative than if it wasn't. That, that's interesting because I think um, a part of the reason why events have changed is because of events like Blackest Night. Yeah. In, in the huh. sense that uh, Blackest Night doesn't even just have a year-long buildup. It's building off of stuff that happened 20 years ago. And it's building off of stuff that's happening in so many different books you can't even imagine. And you might even notice it here in this nine-issue run that there are times when an issue ends and then the next one starts and you're like, well, wait, why, what the fuck, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what did I miss? And that's stuff that happened in the margins and other, other uh, titles like yeah. the green lantern title. So it's especially the stuff dealing with the lantern cores and the yeah. colors. Yeah. While we're, while we're, while we're praising the book for being inclusive, there's also a lot of stuff that isn't inclusive and I think that it rubbed a lot of readers the wrong way. The fact that if you have never read Identity Crisis, what's ha like what's happening with Elongated Man and Sue and Gene and Adam, like all that stuff means nothing to you. Right. And there's no level of explanation that's going to make it hit like reading the comic. And they expect that you did. Um, and I think that there are degrees of expectation here. Like I think the highest expectation they have, they want you to have, or they expect you to have is familiarity with green lantern because he's the main character. And then it gets further away depending on who you're talking about. So with Batman, for example, if you're not reading Batman proper or final crisis, that shit makes no sense at all. Um, and that's tough. If you have if you have no context, so I appreciate it, but even at the time, there were moments where I was like, I I don't I don't like, I don't get it. Sean, you were more of a Marvel guy at this time, right? If I if I remember big time, like have you had you read Infinite Crisis or Identity Crisis or I, I know you haven't read Crisis on Infinite Earths before reading this. In in two thousand nine, I had read Final Crisis, a little bit of Green Lantern leading up to this. And Batman. Got it. Okay. I may have. I. It's maybe I read. I. Um. Uh. Identity Crisis. Maybe like a scholar. Because I didn't. Uh, I, I. A lot of my friends at the time. I was the Marvel guy, and all my friends were really DC guys. So like, I knew about the. Like, I knew about Identity, identity Crisis. I knew about how fucked up that book was, <laughs> and that's right. what made me read it. Um. So like that. That negative response is not something I experienced. Um. Which again. Maybe that's an issue with like uh, <laughs> the internet being a thing. Like I didn't have a negative response to this because everyone I knew was hyped for it. But you know now you can uh, listen to our pals polls and uh, watch me shit on uh, uh, Dark Crisis, and uh, that could cloud your opinion on a book. But you know, um, so hearing you say that there were people, kind of, for the reasons I really enjoyed it, not enjoying it because of the homework involved, um, is interesting. Okay. Well, if we if we were to really put our minds to it, which we certainly don't need to, I would say that uh, 
at, at, at the very least from DC. But I think if you think about it, probably Marvel too. This is one of the last events that's like this. Most events after this stopped doing the whole like, hey, if you haven't been reading us for 20 years, you're not going to know what the fuck's going on. And you better go spend $4 on that fucking shitty tie-in that you don't care about because otherwise this will make no sense. Uh, And, you know, the criticism was there and that's why they changed. I think if Marvel and DC could have had it their way, events would have always been like this because it's more profitable that way to be able to force people to buy tie-ins and stuff like that. Or to say, hey, yeah, we're going to reissue Identity Crisis with a new cover so that you can go out and buy it because you don't know who Ralph and Sue Dibney are. Yeah. Now they just have shitty movies where they do that for. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the black Adam, uh, 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 tagline, the hierarchy of the DC universe is going to change. <laughs> yeah. And it changed, I think with flashpoint, I think flashpoint was kind of the, the, the opposite. And then shit hasn't been the same since. It hasn't come uh, yeah, yet. It was, it, it was, absolutely. Marco, oh, you triggered me there. I know that was your objective, but I heard that and it, I felt it in my lungs. So. <laughs> One of the other criticisms that I had at the time, and I don't, I don't share anymore, was like, again, because I had so, such a limited history with DC, there were, there were so, only so many characters that I cared about. So Wonder Woman and Superman were two of them. And batman as well and they're not in this at all like they're like Mm -hmm. wonder woman and superman are there but i think superman has one dialogue balloon and that's you know that's about it um they're not really a part of the story and that was really weird to me flash i had no connection to so him being one of the central characters i was like i don't get this now again and this is why i love doing this so much is we go back and we read these and I'm like, oh my God, I was missing so much. And that's why I love events from back then because they rewarded you for being such a fan. There are so many moments here. Like for example, Pariah's in this book. Yeah, what does it mean when yeah. Pariah and Psycho Pirate are in a DC comic book? It means what? It's a crisis, right? And, and I think Psycho Pirate shows up as a Black Lantern in one of the tie-ins that like blew my mind. When he did. Like, I remember that from back then. And mm-hmm. he's one of the named dead people in the where they're yep. where they're visiting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and Pariah's here too. So mm-hmm. like back then, I would have been like, "Who are these jokers?" Now I know. <laughs> oh wow! So like in Je- in this in Jeff Johns' way, he's saying, "Hey guys." This is a crisis level event for me. They won't let me call it that because we just did Final Crisis, but this here is a crisis. I also like when Pariah shows up, his hood is up, and he's like being a little coy about it. He's like, "Oh, I bet you didn't know I was dead." <laughs> <laughs> even even uh, Anti Monitor has a uh, uh, a little quick appearance. Yeah, here. that's right. Yeah, yep, yep. I, I I pointed out. I was like, "Hey, I know that guy." Yeah. So I wanted to bring up the, uh, uh, the uh, I guess, the inverse of, you know, like a lot of the big pops were all these people coming back from the dead. But I think the 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 biggest pop I had from this, A, when I was reading it when it was coming out, but also B, when I reread it just now, um, was when the Lantern Corps has to give out their rings to um, other people that, that was kind cool. of embody those emotional aspects. And then seeing who they chose for those things... I love that. Specifically, 
when Jonathan Crane got a yellow lantern ring. Yes. Yo, I was like, it's my man's time. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> and that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of thing where a it can come across as really goofy and cheesy. Um, I don't think it does here, but it can. And B, when you have a writer like Jeff Johns who has this ability to like laser in on what exactly is interesting about a character, and then when he's doing an event, how to connect that to something else. Why the hell is Scarecrow in this comic book? Who cares about that, right? Well, he is, his whole shtick is fear. So let's slap a fucking uh, a, a yellow ring on him. Lex Luthor. I never would have even said to myself, what's Lex Luthor's standout trait? Green. I would have never said that. But here he is. And that's the funniest part of the whole book when he's yeah. running around trying to get everything. Well, the, the idea that avarice can also mean ego was like, oh, yeah, duh. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. And uh, Paul Cornell was writing... Uh, I think it was Action Comics at the time, which was a Lex Luthor starring book mm. Um, mm. where they deal with like the fallout of the, the orange ring. And there's also another issue where um, Lex just has a conversation with death from Sandman. Um, uh, what? Fantastic run of Action Comics. It's peak Lex Luthor for me. So like at the time I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I love Lex. He's a piece of shit. You know, I was happy for it. And then he gets that one moment that I also love, which was a, another pop for me, where Wonder Woman's got, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on, but just one panel, Wonder Woman's got the lasso on him, and he's like, oh, the honest truth, I wish I could be Superman. Yeah, that was good. Yep. That was good. The man got like five panels, but his appearance, I remember it because it was so good. And all his moments were, he was so well utilized. And that's another thing I love about this event so much is it feels like everybody gets their stuff in. Mm. Everybody gets their stuff in. Yep. From top to bottom, everybody has something cool, something that is that feels appropriate for their character. And if you know them, you feel it. And small moments too. It's not, they're not bombastic. And I think that that becomes the, the issue is when you have the big moment be like a page or like a whole spread, but like sometimes the, the things that actually help you understand a character are small movements, body, like in between the the moments in between the the larger ones that help to identify. And um, yeah, this book had a lot of it. Uh, I, re I appreciated those, even some of them, the ones I didn't understand. I felt like, okay, this, there's something here and I know, and I, it's palpable. I don't know what it is, um, but I'm, I'm keeping it in my mind for, for the future yeah one of the one of the one of the small moments that that jumped out to me like i almost erased it from my memory i mean mainly, mainly because it's it's a fridging uh but uh it's uh justin uh firestorm's uh girlfriend being turned into salt yeah no that was wild never comes back i don't think she's ever come back since damn um rereading this i was like holy shit my first question the fuck jeff johns yeah that was like yo what <laughs> <laughs> it was rough but like little bits like that it made me care for the second firestorm who nobody cared about you know people barely yeah. cared about the first one um so the second one i was like oh all right cool their stakes and and we're doing this you know this was the the uh the, the halloween pick you know the october pick uh on uh, patreon and there's there's quite a bit of like 
horror stuff. Some I wouldn't say graphic, but like teetering on 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 being that. Um, and some stuff that's just scary without trying to be gory or anything like that. Like Aquaman, I thought was crazy in this mm. they bring him back he's on fire at one point which was awesome and then one of my favorite moments of the entire book is when um the atlanteans rise up to face him and he says i am still your king and then the sharks come up and start eating them yeah. oh my goodness what a moment well Excellent. this is also the the first time i think johns was writing arthur as right man and this was yes. like the progenitor to aquaman coming to be like one of the main characters of brightest day and then jeff john's doing the same shit he did with flash and green lantern for aquaman um i yep. would almost say the most important of the three honestly damn um, in terms of mm. reinventing and uh, tr- uh transmedia um, I... like like the whole identity of the Aquaman character changed from this is a meme we can joke yeah. about it to ah, he might actually kind of kick ass yeah. uh, well, they're, they're, they got to hook Aquaman from the 90s yeah. uh, a fish oh, joke uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry I, I looked up that uh, that death uh, issue of Action Comics and apparently Lex uh, confronts her about Blackest Night and she just goes oh yeah sorry I was busy <laughs> that's funny you'd think she'd have something to do with it <laughs> Um, I forgot that was a bit. Um, we got the, the little the little bits in here are great, and it's just um, it's what I want event comics to be. It's just candy, you know what I mean? Um, you you know what's candy? Fucking Ivan Reese, bro. That's crazy ass shit. That yep, on yep. on every issue, this is tight, tight, tight art. There are moments where, for me, um. And we've talked about this. All the heroes are in the thing, and this big splash panel. I'm like, all right, this is big mash of costumes and shit. Um, but that's a personal bias, and I can, I can, I can see that and be like, all right, this could be cool. Not for me, but I can definitely see this being like the moment where people pop off, the, where like they're all blasting the ring, all at Necron, and it's just a whole page of just color spread. I'm like, this is too goofy for me. But there's fucking talent here, and, and I know that Reese is coming here. He's he's delivering. Um, so I'm look. I, I was looking uh-huh. at Evan Rice's kind of uh, uh, stuff that he worked with at uh, at DC, and like honestly, this is like his first big thing. Um, he worked a little bit on a couple issues of Action Comics with uh, when Chuck Austin was writing in the early 2000s, and then did some new fifty. Uh, did some. Um, 52, like a couple issues of 52, and then a mini series for Infinite Crisis. But then dude just gets thrown in on the deep end with this and fucking kills it. Didn't yeah. he do like the back half of uh, Infinite Crisis? Uh, he did four to seven among other artists, so he wasn't really the full artist for it. Huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the art here is so, so, so good. And this is. Again, you know, and I hate keep to keep going back to this because it makes us sound so old and, you know, we can be uh, old. It's fine. Not my comics stick anymore. Um, But the 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 widescreen nature, the big character designs, it, it makes it feel like these are larger than life. It's so appropriate for DC. That's one of the reasons why Alex Ross is so amazing because he makes these characters feel like gods. And Ivan Reese is 
living in the spirit of that. He's channeling the spirit of that. Like the 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 uh the splash at the end of issue two with all the Black Lanterns, Martian Manhunter, mm-hmm. Firestorm, Hawkman. That shit looks awesome. And how many times is there a panel or a page like that? Like when it gets to the you know seven eight panels per page or whatever. Sometimes the panels get a little smaller and it, it loses that quality, but for the most part, and then Flash is just like always vibrating. There will be two flashes on the same page, but it's the same guy. Like Green Lantern, always glowing. Um, like just the attention to those details and things like that. I just, it just does so much for me. The colors are out of this world. This is one of the better looking. DC events, and I think DC events by and large always look fantastic. I think to your to your point on the like because it is like a more cinematic kind of book. Um, I think the the small frequent panels actually make a lot of sense. Those are like hard cuts in between the action moments. Like you see the big you know the big scene like the big car explosion whatever it is, and then you have the characters kind of just like cut here, cut here, cut here, cut here to the next moment. I think it still speaks to that actually. Um, the just the quickness for the the sake of pacing one of the weird things too on, on the cover i have this this trade i got this trade as soon as it was available so this is kind of like the first print of black design or whatever um it credits jeff johns even rice eau claire albert and joe prado um it doesn't add alex sinclair the actual colorist to the cover which i thought was weird mm. um as two inkers rather than the colorist well, it's just the colorist you know that, that, those are the times unfortunately i guess yeah back yeah he gets he gets uh what uh sixth billing on uh on the the credits page which is wild because i would think colorist would get third billing nowadays um but i have been known to kind of not care much for alex and claren colors no um, especially the stuff he's done with like uh i think like i think jim lee uh specifically um but here man this is good gold classic comic books I, I, I look at the I'm thinking of the the splash pages when like um, it's like oh the Green Lantern Corps and the Justice League are here for backup and it's like yo do you have every single color on the spectrum on there like I didn't I've seen colors that I've never <laughs> seen before on there um, it's wild um, and it is just it not only like classic comics books but it's like quintessentially DC comics which is typically like a very colorful bunch uh, when they want to be. Um, and it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's important to this book, especially a book that deals with the color spectrum as a plot point. Um, it is important to have a good colorist for that. I was just about to say like the, the fact that you have these varied colors and you have to make them obviously beyond it feeling so distinct just by the base of it being different colors, but you have to add, uh, different depths of blues, like to, to accentuate different parts of it to your point, Tyler and Sinclair does the, um, he does the Astro City stuff. So like the, the fact that he's sure. so comfortable in this gold, this uh, not golden age, but trying to evoke this like a spirit for superhero comics. I, I thought this was perfect from a coloring front. I wanted to respond to something that Tyler had said earlier, which was that this is this is candy. Um, and I, I think I know what you mean when you say that. Yeah. Um. But the reason why I enjoyed this so much is because I also felt like it was steak. Um, I felt like it was steak with a with a really good dessert after the fact. There's 
like event comics generally get the rap of like not having much going on from an emotional standpoint, something to connect to. Um, I often feel like I disagree with that, but if you look at this, I think this is a great example of that not being the case. Um, especially given the time it came out in when death was becoming trivialized and Jeff John said, no, death matters. Jeff, Jeff John said, death matters even if I'm about to resurrect everybody here. Yeah. And I'm going to make it matter. I'm, I'm going to um, give you an in-universe reason as to why it matters. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we read comics. I don't think we read comics for the stories. I really don't. I think people read comics for the characters. And this is a character-focused book. Yeah, there's zombies. Cool. Go watch The Walking Dead. Go read Marvel Zombies. That's not the point of this. The point of, well, you know, listen, not that I'm recommending those. Yeah, don't don't the, read Marvel the, Zombies. <laughs> the point of this is how death impacts these characters. And I love that. I love that there's something underneath the hood. It's a pretty book. Ivan Reese does a phenomenal job. Alex Sinclair, everybody involved does a great job. But you can also feel it. And I think so often you can't feel these events. And like, I don't want to keep referencing events that we don't like. But if you look at a lot of modern comics events, it very much feels like, all right, guys, June's coming. Yep. What are we going to do? Yeah. Who's who's got the idea that we're just going to run with? The idea, not the characters, not the hottest book. Like this event exists because Green Lantern was a hot book. And they said, hey, let's not do this as a Green Lantern event. Let's do this as a DC event. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how it ought to be. uh, The the death of Magneto was going to just be an X-Factor event, and they made it an (laughs) X-Men. Trial of Magneto. Let's get it right, all right? Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I think that's an important bit, though. Like, uh, I agree. Like, it, it... it's not more of a, like, does it matter part. I hate the idea of, like, does it matter in comics. No, nothing matters. It's comic books. Um, but uh, can there be an emotional weight behind things? Yeah, and, and honestly, it's kind of one of the reasons why I enjoyed most of Heroes in Crisis when it was coming out because I felt like that was an Here emotional... We well, it was an emotional <laughs> kind of... Uh, it gave me a tether, and then it completely destroyed the characters of a lot of, uh, of people, um, which Chastain is admitted to, but... But the the idea was there. It wasn't an idea as much of a uh, uh, it was character driven first. Um, but yeah, now I, now I think I agree. It's like all right, what's our summer blockbuster? We're just gonna be doing what the movies do, really. Yeah, like this came out in January. Imagine an event book starting in January. Like even that doesn't make sense to me anymore. Yeah, it's kind of odd. Yeah. Ended oh, in wow. October. So it ended in, in, in Halloween. Maybe that was the idea. But I just was scanning and I saw the page with Azrael, the resurrected Azrael. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty cool. I don't even think I knew who that character was when I was reading this. Oh, really? At least not that costume. Oh. Um, might have known him from Nightfall or whatever. But I, I, had, yeah. I had an Azrael toy, so that's why he stuck out oh, to me. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I do want to say, I think you know, we've praised this nonstop. The ending of the book, I don't think is as strong as everything that comes before. Seeing the Lantern Corps, all the different Lantern Corps team up is great if you've been reading yeah. 
um, what Jeff has been doing, and I loved all that. But Necron has no character. And I think that's mm. probably one of the things that almost every DC event suffers from, which is that the end villain never matters. Like they never have like a real character going for them. Perpetua. Irrelevant. <laughs> I like Perpetua. <laughs> I think the reason why this event suffers less is because it uses the dead heroes as a as an emotional connection so that's what you're dealing with similar to why civil war was so successful because you care about the characters on both sides of the spectrum um but once necron comes out it really just becomes about like okay let's get let's beat this guy and call it a day it's the final Um, act of any mcu movie yeah Uh, yeah yeah, um, it, I, I do. I do think there was one kind of way of writing off Necron as not really having a character because they kind of considered him like the parallax of the Black Lantern Corps. He's more of this entity, um, which kind of made him like, oh, he's just a force of nature, you know. Um, mm. Black well, Hand is the is the uh, is the character. And that's what I was gonna say is the, the moment that they tied him and they took him away from being a concept to tying him to oh, this is how he beat him tangibly. That that sort of took away some of his like power for me because he, he'd always just been tied to to black hand in that case then at any point somebody could have realized that and just like done away with black hand somehow and we wouldn't have spawned all this um and that was that was felt like a very just we're going to clean this up kind of moment which is why i felt like the end was a bit accelerated we should talk about black hand we haven't really mentioned him at all um William Hand. Uh, did you know his name is a play on Bob uh, Bill Finger? Oh, hmm. I did not. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, Marco with that Wikipedia Google search. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, it, baby. So. Um, so this is a weird dude. Um, very weird dude. Pro- is he like the lowest tier character to be? the primary villain of an event like oh no I'm no pretty he's, close. Not. he's not i would say uh uh original sin the orb oh my god <laughs> the orb the orb man yep. Yo, original you got Sin's it. kind of my jam original you got it jam, yeah. you got it um that's that's very funny um so i i i like him i like black hand and what's done with him here he doesn't feel like he kind of feels like um which again every dc event does this the one random guy who's got this crazy power boost who now we're supposed to care about um so that was a little tough i thought the 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 verses at the end of each issue added context for this character sure this is a sick dude um i almost wish they had been able to do a little bit more with him do you, did you read – I don't know if this was a Blackest Night tie-in or if it was the Fear Itself Black Hand issue. Fear Itself? Um, remember the Villains Month where they had the 3D covers? It was called Fear Itself? Fear, no, uh, Forever Evil. Forever Evil. Forever Evil. Sorry, Evil. Getting, okay, because I'm like, Fear Itself's that Marvel event. That's the one with the, the weird juggernaut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the Forever Evil Villains Month 3D Black Hand cover. There was an issue – written by Jeff Johns that did it do his backstory and it's even more fucked up than you think. Oh wow. He, like kills his dad with like a hammer and like he lets his body rot and stuff and it's gross. But I don't remember when it was. 
Um, if it was during Blackest Night, I think that's smart because it makes you know it gives you context to why you should care about this guy being a real weirdo. Um, but yeah, we even even prior to this, we didn't really get much Black Hand from what I remember. Like he escaped. Mm-hmm. That's all yeah. I remember. And it was like oh, and he was like a disappears and yeah. shows up again. I think a, a critique for that is you could have replaced him with any villain. I don't think there was anything that made him stick out. Like he felt like an X factor. Um, you could replace whoever you kind of want, and that's pretty much it. I would say the inverse. It's cool seeing some guy become a rogues gallery contender. You know. But like, is he going to be a contender if Necron? If he's not tied to Necron, he showed up since. Oh, right. Yeah. He's not just, he's not always Necron's little uh, butt buddy, but you know. It's... <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I agree with Marco in the sense that like, he he's kind of just like a jobber who they gave a belt to. Like he's... he's, he's... Ginger Mahal winning the WWE title. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, here, have this. Like, And then we're supposed to care now. Yeah. Not, And that's not even a critique of what he does in the book because I like it all. It's just like him himself. I think it's a recurring issue that DC has where they don't really have the main event villain. I talked about this on the show recently. Um, but honestly, I feel like I, I, I was reading this thinking, shit, are they building to like a like a really cool like horror of like a horror movie villain type of backstory with this character, like a mini series where we're just going to see him be the Jason of DC Comics where he's just running around killing people like it was so creepy. Kali Ma around all around. Well, the, the the first thing we see him do in this book is he he digs up a we don't know which body it is, but we know he digs up a body, and then we later find out it's this quote unquote Bruce Wayne um, skull, right? And he yeah. just licks the eye hole of it. Yeah. I was like, yo, sick. I fucks with this dude, <laughs> and he's just been a random killer his whole life. Like he's just yeah. he he was just a a murderer, and that's it. <laughs> now he's this. I don't even think he was that. I think he just had a weird hand power. Like he was like just a weird golden age villain, you know, like they yeah. weren't dark. They just like had a weird glove or something like that. Oh man. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, I wish they would have built Necron to be a bit more. I think that would have added even more weight to this. Yeah. Cause the, the only thing I was hanging on to was the interpersonal connections between these heroes. But had you given me more of like, a fear that I need, like I needed a reason to really be afraid of what was going to happen at the end. I think this would have been even uh, like two times better than what it was. Well, I think they, I think the problem sort of became that they, they gave Necron a personality, Hmm. you know, they gave him dialogue as opposed to, you know, if he's parallax, you know, in the, you know, as a force of nature, Hmm. you know, let him wipe everybody out, you know, make him a thing that they have to physically stop. Don't make him a person. You have black hand for that. Exactly. I was going to say, I don't, I didn't really buy the force of nature thing. Um, I don't think, I don't even, I didn't even get that from the book. Like he, really? yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Like he doesn't make sense because death is already a thing. So what, what is he? I thought I took I took it as he's the parliament, like almost like a parliament, right? You have the uh, is it Parliament of Black in Swamp Thing stuff, like that is an embodiment of death, and there's a a construct that can be built around that. That's the way I interpreted it. 
Marco, I appreciate your ability to always bring stuff back to Swamp Thing. No, 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 no. That's all, not what it is, right? Just it like all, you have all roots lead ties back, it back to. Yeah. That's it. Just like you tie everything in defeat, right? Um, he said roots. mentioned it on the show once. I, I mentioned it pre-show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I do think the book could have could have done a little bit better with Necron, but at the end of the day, you know, this was really not about the villains. Um, and I guess I, I, I can get that. Like this was. This was so character driven that it almost like what if it didn't have a Necron? You know, like it maybe it didn't even need a Necron. Um, it was so about everybody else that we care about. Yeah, I agree. It didn't hamper my reading experience in any way. How'd you um how'd you guys feel about the ending with uh the inverse of everything that's happened in this book happening, where instead of everyone being, you know, uh revived as these undead versions, uh it specifically brings back some very select characters uh, back to life. I thought mechanically that was a good idea to circumvent sort of the how are we going to resur- resurrect everybody. It was a very comic booky way, but it was it in, in yeah. the, it was in the context of well, we actually just defeated this thing and we have you know acquired this new power. Uh, it feels like um, like the first time they collect all the Dragon Balls and they make a wish to bring somebody back. Like it's contrived. Was it, Krill- was it Krillin? It was Krillin, wasn't it? It was Krillin. Of course. No, never, never waste my wish on Krillin. Bro, Kurin? No, he's my boy, dude. No, did you watch Dragon Ball? My dude ripped shit up back then. He's fucking yeah, bro. He's he's like don't don't give me that yeah, bro. Because Krillin gets smoked. No, he was by Raditz back then and Nappa. Okay, let's not even do. You know what? This is not even about Dragon. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking about to be dogging on Krillin. (laughs) Put some uh, Akira Toriyama Dragon Ball on the uh, the next uh, uh, Patreon poll. Oh, can we do all manga now? Wait, whose choice? No, Sean's going to be there. He's not going to pick a manga. Fuck, no, no. Why would I do that? It's I'm crazy. up to him. <laughs> it's up to the listeners, and uh, I've won almost every poll. Um, Yeah, so this was a good book. Liked it. I do have a question. I, don't, yeah. I, I thought it was some kind of weird Mandela effect. Who the fuck was this twink black Adam that they brought back at the end? I do not remember <laughs> that happening. Do you? I, I was I, like, I was like, they, this somebody's joking with me. I don't remember this being in the book. Even the characters are like, who's up with what's up with that dude? I don't know. Oh, I vaguely oh, remember him, vaguely. But I mean, at this point, you know, like sort of like I said earlier, just fucking anything goes at this point. Oh, dude. Who is this selfish top Black Adam that just got resurrected? <laughs> He's a bottom man. I have a question uh, as we wrap up. Um, yeah. Which color on the color spectrum Ooh. for the lanterns do you feel you would li- most likely be recruited or conscripted into? Can we guess other people's? Sure. Huh. I okay. would say for I, me, I, I don't know how you do this without tooting your own horn. Um, for me, it would probably be compassion. Ooh. Oh, interesting. I like it. Because I feel like I could channel the other ones if need be. I'm not fully into, you know, one way or the other. Um, I know Marco was going to say love for himself. Yeah. Star Sapphire. Yeah. That's what I would have said for him. Yeah. Uh, I would say kale. I think your heart says green, 
but your brain says red. <laughs> you a Guy Gardner situation going on right now. You're wielding both. Oh, he does do that. And during, he does during this time, he had yeah. both rings. No, so. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, you meant you meant Guy Gardner. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, no, <laughs> me. <laughs> and Sean's the tricky one. Mm. Sean would be a surprising blue, I think. Oh, okay, okay. I was gonna go between that or green. Mm. Who's who's orange? <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. That's funny. Yeah, I I was gonna go uh, blue for myself. Like, I would like to say green, but I think yeah. it would I think it would be blue, or maybe yellow. I don't know. Um, yellow is the one like you don't expect yourself to get yellow, and then like it just speaks to you, sort of. Yeah. One of my favorite yellow, just it wouldn't make sense. Me? Yeah. Maybe. I love when um (laughs) Batman had it. Oh yeah, yeah. He got green once too. Yeah. I will say when uh when Sinestro gets the he he takes the White Lantern ring from for himself. Yo, I was a big like Sinestro. Probably just got a, as big of a a, a uh, recognition boost as Hal Jordan did dur- during Jeff Johnson's run. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was huge. Got his, seeing him like got his own core. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Seeing him take control, I was like, yeah, man, fucking do it. I was happy for that. I've got I've got the I've got a Hal Jordan figure from this era. I've got a uh, yellow lantern Sinestro figure, and I've got the Saint Walker. Oh, dude, I love St. Walker and uh, the elephant guy. I forget his name. Yeah. 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 Man, I don't know nothing about no Green Lantern, but John Stewart, he's my Green Lantern. I don't know anything big, about Hal Jordan. Big Daily Show guy? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Unreal. Tyler, you want to take us home? Well, I want you guys didn't say what, uh, Caleb didn't say what uh, Lantern he thought, he thought he'd be. I mean, I, frankly, I, similar to Sean, I, I would uh, feel like I, I, feel like i would be a green i hope i would be a blue but i think i i think you're probably right tyler i think <laughs> there's probably some red in there okay that's fair that's fair all right well that's our discussion on blackest night and, and honestly a lot of jeff johns green lantern which is um was not planned to be as appropriate timing as it turned out to be uh so serendipitous in that way mm. um but uh, yeah, if you like this, feel free to give us your 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 thoughts, your opinions. Either you know, comment below on the YouTube or uh, join our Discord. Talk to us there. DM um, us. Uh, don't DM us. DM us. It's fine. On, on, Slip into uh, those DMs. Yeah, yeah, Mark will handle the DMs. Um, he's been he's well practiced. Um, but yeah, feel yeah. free to, to. I know this isn't this wasn't one of our live shows that the book club we don't do live. Um. But if you're listening to us and you like our you like our vibe, you like the cut of our jib, you sniff what we're stepping in, uh, join us live uh, every Thursday at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time for Pals Polls, where we talk about you know the aforementioned Dark Crisis and Infinite Earths, whatever new book is coming out weekly uh, or uh, at that time, monthly, weekly, the new books of the week. Uh, and then join us every Saturday at 10.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for everything else, movies, TV, um, uh, if it's me running the show, theme parks, um, comics. <laughs> comics, comics, yeah, comics as well, comic book announcements and the like. Um, but comic yeah. book interviews. 
Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. And uh, hopefully, maybe you've ca- you came here because of the Jeff John stuff. Hopefully, it went, uh, it, not hopefully, it went, it went uh, horrendously well. Um, you choose your words in a really strange way, Tyler. That's just what I do. Uh, what, should I say I, the word we talked about before the show? Not, no. No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the book club, guys. Uh, follow us everywhere where, where you like us. But uh, until until next wait, month. Wait, sorry, wait, sorry, me. sorry. If they want to pick one, if they want to oh. pick next month's book club, how can they do that? You can do that at patreon.com slash the comics pals. Um, uh, is there, there's no use in saying what the, the t- options will be because it's right? evergreen. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah yes. it's, it's evergreen. So there's no point, but you do have options. Uh, and um, sometimes the picks weird. We did chainsaw man at one point. So you can, oh, you can, so you can influence us to do things outside of our comfort zones or something that's pa- totally comfort food like this. Join the Patreon so you know how far along in Chainsaw Man we are, so you can vote for the next volume if need be. We need people on our side. Uh, but yeah, until next time, guys. Uh, Kelly, wanna do you have a, a typical outro? In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Beware my power, Green Lantern's light. Oh. I think I missed it. And then he Take goes, care, guys. You "Wanna go to prom?" <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's embarrassing, but thanks for sharing with me, Kel. All right, guys. See ya. Big flowers in my hand and everything. Oh, it makes it more did wholesome. You, did you have the ring on, like underneath everything? Oh, yeah. Were you like, oh, were yeah. you, like fingering the ring like Bilbo? Sure, uh, you know I pocket? was, man. All right. <laughs> Join the Patreon if you want more of that, too. But, you know, that's, that's, that's the show. We'll see you guys. <laughs>